So for today's intro song, the game is you got to figure out listeners also as mm. well. You got to figure out what song this is, uh, and not what song this is. Who the artist is. <laughs> the answer Tito Jackson <laughs> Of the Jacksons The Jackson 5 Yeah, that sounds about right Michael I wish Jackson. I didn't convey my eye rolling By a microphone <laughs> You can't get mad at this track though It's not bad It's Tito Like Tito is a much maligned Unnecessarily maligned performer. I don't know about unnecessarily, <laughs> but he is a maligned performer. <laughs> Didn't he like randomly show up after, uh, you know, Michael died and everyone was like, Tito? <laughs> or am I getting him mixed up with one of the other brothers? Well, okay, there's a lot. Here's the problem. If you are a Jackson brother, no matter if <laughs> there's one. There's four of them. <laughs> if Jermaine does something funky, then Tito's got to answer for it, and Marlon's got to answer for it, and Randy's got to answer for it, and, and you know it's it's a whole thing. It's funny thing when I saw the Jacksons live, Sands Michael, and it was the four of them. It was the four. It was uh, Randy wasn't performing, but and Randy's actually a very talented musician, and it was a great show. Like it was one of the funnest shows, and they all sang well. Actually, it's like Michael is like this netherworldly talent, but the other guys actually. We're pretty damn good as well, and they were great dancers and sang well. And it's sang. almost like they got whipped into it as children. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was like a really fun show. And you're like, wow, Marlon Jackson is a fucking amazing dancer. Jermaine's a great singer. Tito's playing guitar, and you know, Jackie, God bless. You know, and it, it was a really gr- great show. It, they're unfairly maligned talents. So on today's show, we're going to discuss um, My Strange Addiction. We've done it on the show many times, and we're going to get back to that because there are still so many crazy things that people are addicted to. But Spicy orgasms. Like like Jeff is on a couple shows ago. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Very, very, very spicy, very sensual. It's a sensual situation. <laughs> sensual seduction. <laughs> but before we get into that... Um, topic. I've been... Uh, Let's see what we got. Sorry, I'm, I'm uh, trying to get our audio here set up. Uh, I've been going through tons of old VHS and 8mm tapes I have because I have uh, 8mm record, not 8mm film, but 8mm VHS tapes that were in like Sony Handycams back in the day. And I filmed everything during like my teenage years. So I have tons and tons and tons and tons of tapes. So I'm trying to transfer it all over to digital 
And I found uh, this video, which maybe the audience gives a shit about, but I used to work for Torrance Community Television in Southern California here, and I was a teen reporter on a show called Teen Talk. And one night in, I think, 1994, I was about 16, 17, I was, uh, I was hanging out on Loveline, which before it used to be, you know, most people know Loveline, Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. But before Adam Carolla, it was a guy named Ricky Rackman from Headbangers Ball and MTV and everything. So they were the hosts of the show at the time. So we got to hang out, which was like the coolest thing ever to be, you know, 16 years old and hanging out in the K-Rock studios. I'm sure Dr. Drew and Ricky felt the same way. (laughs) But, and so I got to interview Dr. Drew for it. So I have just like a little one minute clip of it, but I thought it was kind of funny to play. Um, so here we go. Here is me interviewing the great Dr. Drew Pinsky on Love Line in 1994. For selfish reasons. <laughs> okay, we are with Dr. Drew on Love Line. And uh, Dr. Drew, if you're a teenager today, what things would you be wary of? What would you, what would you worry about? If you're a teenager nowadays. You know, I, I can tell you what I'm worrying about for my kids. I'm obsessing about it when they get to be your guy's age. And that is uh, exposure to hallucinogenics, which are things. Fuck that one up. Things that can create irreversible mood changes and personality changes and um, brain, literally brain damage. Uh, I'm worrying about sexual abuse like crazy. I mean, it's such a very, very common problem in, in uh, young people. I, I like how uh, Dr. Drew sounds exactly like Dr. Drew still. Mm-hmm. Like, this could be Dr. Drew right now in headline news, and there's no basic difference. Me, yeah, about the same, right? Mm-hmm. You, you matured. There's a couple cigarettes smoked between <laughs> here and there. Uh, I'm worried about violent crimes. You know, I'm worried what your peers are doing to each other. So I do this show is to try to help you guys learn from the consequences of your peers' actions. I like how Drew was concerned with what my peers were doing. Mm. A lot my, of white people my, hurting my, each my, other. My peers were beating <laughs> off and uh, playing chess. Have, th- have things changed really drastically since when you were younger to now, do you think? Uh, color TV. Yeah, color TV. I don't know about really drastically. I, I, I know that if I, that having an, a, a forum like this would have helped me. I mean, I had a lot of anxiety and uh, awkwardness that if I understood other people were going through it and if I, you know, if I could sort of put my problems on the scale of what's out there, it would have made me feel a little bit better. But uh, the problems are worse, no doubt about that. They're not drastically worse, but they're just getting worse and getting worse all the time. I hope, hope, we, hope we can do something to change that. We're on. Get off. <laughs> so at that point, uh, my interview got cut short because the commercial break ended, but uh, eh, there's a little bit of me and Dr. Drew from back in the day. Uh, that sounds really good. You didn't get the chance to ask him when you were going to get your pubes, but as we all know, you did get them a few years later. Yeah, it would, the question would have been, hey, uh, doc, Dr. Drew, we just have a couple questions uh, here, here and there. Uh, what went into pubes? <laughs> And then it would have been great because then Jeffy would have known what pubes look like. Yeah. Or black pubes. <laughs> which you had questions about African-American genitalia. Oh, because you had black face on your pubes because you were on camera. <laughs> so that was me and Dr. Drew from back in the day. And now we're going to move into uh, talking a little bit about a show called My Strange Addiction on TLC where they have people that have some of the strangest addictions ever. Uh, I think the one that really stands out, oh, there's two that stand out on the show that we discussed before. One was the girl who was addicted to eating her couch. Yes. Love that. Yes. Love that. She would sit and eat the foam and just just be completely delighted in eating the foam out of her couch. Can I, can I ask you guys, 
since you've heard that, have you ever like been sitting on your couch and been like, maybe it's good? <laughs> no. <Yes. laughs> no, but I have thought like, there's memories here. <laughs> but there's sweaty memories. Yeah, memory <laughs> foam. Jizzy memories. Yeah, no, I, I, I've thought about it because whenever I see like memory foam, like I have a memory foam bed in my, and th- there is a thing where when certain amounts of foam is exposed to air or whatever, it darkens and it gets thicker and then the texture becomes kind of nice and you think, well, you know, it's kind of like flan now. <laughs> and then what if I put like a little bit of syrup or something kind of sweet on there? And what, you know, how would it go? Yeah, how caramel? would it go down? And how, and then again, how satisfying it would it be to have that foam in my stomach making me feel so full? Yeah. Oh, it just it, it expands the contours of your stomach. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, the contours of my stomach, and then and then and then I could like push my hand on my stomach and it feel so comfortable. You could put your baby on it. It'd be like a little baby couch. Yeah, the baby could sit. <laughs> blanket could sit on my, my my couch belly. I'd be like, blanket, just sit there, and he'd be like, oh, daddy. Oh, can I daddy. can I ask you a serious question about your memory foam bed? I didn't know you had one. Yes, uh, I'd let you lay on it if you weren't sweaty and have your shirt off right now. My I've, wife would be like, you let that sweaty beast <laughs> on my bed. Well, I've always heard that the way that the memory foam is, it's very nice for sleeping, but it makes fucking pretty difficult. Like yes. It's bad for sex. How, yeah. how do you feel about that? Oh, let me tell you. Memory foam is like if you're into pegging and if you're in... <laughs> Wait. Whoa. 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 <laughs> whoa what, 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 like receiving is terrible. And, wait. Okay. No. Sorry. Okay. No. Elliot. We're getting chuckle-heady here. So he- Just go. Just talk. So here, here's the worst way. Here's the thing: is the memory foam is because like the memory foam conforms to your body. So when you lay down on a memory foam bed, you wait, and then after a couple seconds, the bed catches up to you, mm-hmm. and then kind of sinks around you, right? So it's really awesome and comfortable. But the thing is, like if you're on a a, a spring bed, a spring bed, like if you're bouncing up and down the spring reacts quickly and you're back up and you're back down and you can kind of work with the bed and find absolutely a, you can find a rhythm like a dancer with great patent leather shoes and it grips the floor right and you can kind of play with it like an instrument the bed becomes the third person in your lovemaking right you know like it's like the holy ghost you have the father and the son oh wait no the the husband and the wife in the holy ghost or something but it's a third entity in the room that really makes things work on memory foam it's 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 dead so if you want to do like missionary you both lay down and put full weight on each other mm. then yeah it, it's fine but no, it's all around. Oh, wait. I turned off your mic a while back because you're oh. laughing like a hyena for 20 minutes after well, every well, line. Just, the first thing you said was pegging. <laughs> okay. Fair. <laughs> no. Uh, My I've, wife's name Peg. What do you want? <laughs> I've had sex on a memory foam. It's awful. It's pretty much that. It was forgettable. <laughs> uh, it's unforgettable. It is the worst sex. You'll never forget how bad the sex is. Uh, it's only good for um, jerking off. It's comfortable for jerking off. I would say that it's a good, it's, for- it's a good jerk. It's very, it's a very comfortable jerk off. It's very relaxing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm used to only. I, I've never been able to afford a bed in my life. I'm used to just fucking on hardwood floors. So mm. I, I, the memory foam sounds like a very nice change of pace. To no, that. no, there's no good yeah. sex quality on that. You can the wipe. Memory, you no, can wipe down hardwood. 
I don't think you can wipe down heart, memory foam. No, it, it's uh, uh, yeah, no. That's see another reason. Now I got, I got one of them polyurethane uh, bed covers that preserve the warranty. Okay, got it from Sit and Sleep. But anyway, <laughs> I write copy for Sit and Sleep, so I got a really good deal on my memory foam bed. Did Larry send, beer? Did Larry send you a, uh, a a jizz cover for your memory foam bed? <laughs> Here you go, Todd. I know you like to fuck. <laughs> I know Larry. Larry sends me Christmas gifts. Every- I'm actually fr- I, I know Larry. It's, I know. It's I know. It's weird. It's he weird. knows. He knows you, and he knows you. You're like killing me. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, the memory foam bed not great for sex. But the first time I ever slept on one, I got to tell you, I was I was on like a vacation with my my wife and uh my we weren't we we're boyfriend girlfriend then we were staying i forget, forget what the fuck we we're staying but we we're in this bedroom and we laid down on the bed and we we're like oh my god this is awesome and it was like an anniversary or something so we had like this really nice bottle of french wine and i was like i gotta do it and she's like no todd this is expensive wine and i was like i have to do it she was like no todd this is expensive wine so i grabbed my wine glass and i put it on the other end of the bed and i started oh, jumping Jesus. I started jumping on it and it it didn't spill and I was like I may I had that moment where it was like I may not be the best man but one day I'm going to get us a memory foam bed woman and that was like my love pledge to my wife was that one day we could have the bad sex but you will never spill your wine cuz you know you know the sex fades in a relationship, but the drinking it just kind of goes through the roof. <laughs> good sleep, yeah, huh? Good sleep and good sleep, and my dogs like it. I tell you, my dog Scout sleeps like a human. He, I wake up and he's laying beneath the covers with just his head out and his head on the pillar. And he's got his paw on his dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why do you think he's sleeping so well? <laughs> no, okay, I want to get into this topic here, but here's a weird dog thing that's been happening. I think. My dog Scout is about like I guess he's about like two and a half, three right now, and he's having like a sexual awakening. Did you take his ball sack out? Yeah, okay. not personally, but <laughs> someone did. And you every paid morning, for it. Every morning he gets a red rocket, kind of okay. like I get morning wood. <laughs> okay, fuck it. I'm gonna take another step further. This morning on the memory foam bed, like <laughs> I, you know, you have morning wood, and then you have morning wood that your boxers can't contain. Yes. This morning, my wife turns over. As a similarly well-endowed man, yes, I do know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) My wife turned over and looked at me, and I just had full-on just beast out of the shorts as I was, like, waking up and taking my sleep mask off. She was like, whoa! Anyway, so and the, the dog sleeps beneath the bed with just his head out of the covers and lays on my pillow sometimes. So I wake up, and there's a dog face looking right at me. It's It's beautiful. Um, so let's get into, uh, my strange addiction. You already started with it <laughs> right there. <laughs> so one, okay. Once again, if you're getting pegged on a memory foam bed, we need to talk about this. Here's our first one. My name is Trina and I live in St. Petersburg, Florida. That's perfect. And I'm addicted to coffee enemas. Okay. Here, okay. she's I've addicted to these. coffee enemas. Elliot, quit being every topic. But I've heard this. I've heard Last thing he's like, every hoax. I've heard this. No, I've heard of these. They are disgusting. I worked in Santa Monica. Oh, so just everybody in Santa Monica uh, has yeah, a coffee. They animal. do something yeah. gross. Yeah, everyone in Santa Monica has to do something gross to make themselves gross. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait. So if you listen to this girl's voice, is an old Love Line thing where Doctor Drew was saying that. 
this is weird. This, this, I don't know. This kind of brings the conversation down, but women who tend to be victims of sexual abuse tend to have high pitched voices because you kind of become emotionally stunted at the uh, age when you are tampered with. And it, and men, it, it affects them as well. But with women, they tend to stop and their voices don't change. And so women who have speaking high-pitched voices are usually the victims of sexual abuse. So, which is weird, but which, if you're going to have a strange addiction, usually abuse and addiction run hand in hand. Sorry, we played the Loveline clip earlier. Uh, how, uh, so the, now how this do, is not going to be funny. How do you quantify all of our out- rampant alcohol abuse in this room right now? Mm. Or our addictions, like, where's the, where's, uh, how do you, how do you... I just kept thinking, I kept drinking because I kept feeling good when I drank. <laughs> and that, and that, yeah, exactly. Life is terrible and hard. Yes. And then, but then. And then the Raiders left LA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're coming back to Las Vegas. So this is. So you're going to stop drinking? No, no. <laughs> Real quick. Because you poked the tiger. They're about to announce the fact the Raiders are moving to Las Vegas. By the time this podcast is released, the Raiders will be the Las Vegas Raiders. Soon. And okay, now, now let's real quick. Imagine this: a Raider game is a nutty, nutty fucking thing to attend. It's the it's the degenerate nut jobs of the world. It's bikers, gangbangers, crazy fuckers. Okay, it's all that together. Now imagine they go on vacation to Las Vegas. So you have the nuttiest people in Oakland and the nuttiest people in Los Angeles converge on Las Vegas, a stadium on the Strip. So you hit the strip, you get wasted, a bunch of crazy Raider fuckers are there, then you filter into the stadium. Oh. It's going to be the most beautiful thing ever. Uh, can we go? Can we? Can we go to a Raider game? Oh yeah! Oh it, my God! I've never. I. I've never. I've been to a Rams game when they were in L.A. when I was a child, but uh, not close of an experience. Yeah. Wait. Th- this will be ultimate fear and loathing because you can go and you can drive up and drive back from L.A. the same day. So you're going to be getting on that 15 and you're going to be having a couple and getting wild in bat country. And then you're going to arrive and then you're going to hit the strip and then the entire strip will filter into a stadium. Fuck. Which will be like a Roman orgy. That sounds completely maniacal. Yeah. The, the, the rumor was one time in Los Angeles when the Raiders were in L.A., someone got in trouble for barbecuing a dog <laughs> during a Raider tailgate. That's how brutal they were. I want to taste that dog. Yeah. That. Maybe if it was my dog, Murray, he would want to. So anyway, let's get, in, let's get into this. Sorry. My strange addiction. I have to eat Todd's dog. <laughs> I'm addicted to getting bitten by Todd's dog. So coffee enemas... My name is Trina, and I live in St. Petersburg, Florida. That's perfect. And I'm addicted to coffee enemas. Who is the guy saying, perfect, oh, <laughs> coffee enemas, all right. He comes in later in the story, and that's her husband, oh, who gross. has an interesting addiction herself. No, I mean... Herself? <laughs> himself. Thank you. Uh, my, I wish my... Two- I wish my girlfriend was here. She, uh, she's a writer. She's, she writes for Vogue Australia and other publications. So she has done some crazy things for articles. And she did get a coffee enema one time to write about it. And? So, uh, sh- I don't think she hated it, but uh, she certainly hasn't had one since. She definitely <laughs> does not have a strange addiction to them. I would have had preferred a Sumatra coffee over the pike <laughs> roast. It's more into the nitro. They're doing the nitro now. She likes the nitro just right up the butt. Has she ever had an enema before it? I don't think so, no. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, 
there's that's a double stage right there. <laughs> you, you, I've never sure had an enema before. There's enema and there's coffee enema. I mean, isn't that just like butt chugging coffee? Like we've talked about like butt chugging alcohol before. Like, doesn't it? Does it get into your? Yes. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> it's it is. So basically, it's like. You don't even, like, you just shoot the coffee up there and lots of coffee grounds, and then you don't have to drink the coffee. But it all comes back out. It's a child with a straw. It looks like Terry Gilliam <laughs> drew it. Two <laughs> years, Trina hasn't been able to function without her daily coffee enemas. Well, I like that, you know, the, the you know, they, they always say that for the price of a cup of coffee a day, <laughs> you can feed this child. For the price of your coffee enema, which that's got to be like at least 30 bucks, right? Like that's a big out-the-door expense. Procedure where liquid is injected into the colon to clean out the lower intestine. Her addiction is so intense, she does up to four every day. Oh! I love the way coffee enemas make me feel. I feel like a sense of euphoria. I absolutely would fall apart without them. Todd. Uh... Maybe she wasn't like abused as a child. Maybe it's just like that caffeine and directly in the system is like putting her in a fast forward. It's oh. like, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, yeah. She sounds like somebody that gets four coffee enemas a day. Let's put oh, it that yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> she sounds cheery. My initial reaction was her husband. My God, that's disgusting. He's right. But I tried it, and now I'm addicted to coffee enemas. Nope. From the first day I did them, I've pretty much been like, whatever's going on, I'm doing at least two of these a day. I don't care. Four times a day, Mike and Trina fill a bucket with coffee. A hose attached to the bottom delivers the liquid to the lower intestine. Once it's all prepped and at the right temperature, put the nozzle into your rectum, hold it up in the air. As they raise the bucket, 32 ounces of coffee <laughs> fills their colon. That's a lot. Pr- that's I mean, a lot of coffee. Like, they were their colon. Like, they share a colon. Now, are they? is it artisanal, like, blend coffee? Like, are they, like, getting this at Whole Foods or Intelligentsia? It's, like, $9 a, a package. Dude, 32 ounces. That's like, a lot of goddamn that's a coffee. That's a lot of fucking coffee. Like, you got to do Maxwell House at that point, They right? just keep getting the big gulps going back to 7-Eleven, <laughs> refilling it four times a day. Oh, it's only 50 cents for each refill. <laughs> I want to hear the 7-Eleven employee. <laughs> Not doing the voice. Pressure growing in your lower intestine. And that's the freaky part. And just lay there and try to relax. Try. I will listen to music, catch up on TV shows, read, check my email. I'll tweet. I even play Sudoku. How long does it take? When the timer goes off, yeah, you want to make just a quick transition from floor to toilet seat as quickly as possible. It's going to come flying out of there like a, like a torrent. <laughs> I do think it is just really kind of gross. Gross. I think it's gross. So, okay, so how many, if you're doing this four times a day and there's two people in your household doing it, right? That's eight 32-ounce coffee enemas happening. So how often... Do you fail on your trip to the toilet? Right, it's got to. If you, if you have this going eight times a day, seven days a week, 
that's 56 coffee enemas, right? Also, your water bill from the amount of just toilet flushing. Real estate is really cheap in St. Petersburg, Florida, so you can have like a three, four bathroom house for pretty cheap for mm, the price of a single right. coffee enema a day. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next one here. Oh. Oh. My name is Evan. I'm 28 years old. I live in Seattle, Washington. And I'm addicted to pulling hair out of shower drains. No. It's stress relief for me. I have this anxiety, and then I get the hair, and then, like, bam. I'm and then I get the hair. I have the anxiety, and then I get the hair. He'd have, a, he'd have a, a fun time at your house, Jeff, just looking at you here with your shirt off, with your big, long hair and your beard. I'm sure that drain is taking a beating, right? You know, I would I would like this guy to come over to my house if he wasn't all the way up in fucking <laughs> Seattle, Washington, or whatever Pacific Northwest city he said. I wish he would come down and help clean out the drains. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you have to fish it out about every day, right? Like that, or you have like a crazy like a colander in the bottom of your uh, shower. Is this guy's nickname the Snake? <laughs> I'm relieved. Evan's addiction to pulling hair from shower drains began six years ago after the death of his father. Oh, he was in college when he first had the urge. It was kind of spur of the moment. I didn't know why I did it. Now he collects hair from drains up to three times a week. That's not that much. It has to be out of a shower drain. I can't. Just go to the closest barber shop. I can't go up to a girl and ask her to pull out some hair. He's Long right. brown hair is probably my favorite. It has to be slimy. It has to be wet. <laughs> like if I pulled out a bunch of dry hair, I don't... Actually, I've never done that, so I don't know. <laughs> I am worried for Evan. He's a great guy, and I don't want him to be abandoned. I don't want him to be thought of as demented, weird... Like, imagine someone brings Evan over to your house, and then you're like, man, that guy's been in the bathroom for a minute. <laughs> and then you hear that, <laughs> it was somebody in your drain? Because that, that echoes. You can hear that. Do they get into what he does with the hair? We'll see. I can, I can honestly say, if this guy just came over to the house and was cleaning out my drains for hair... Can't be too mad. Yeah, I'd be good with that. I, I'd be I, totally good with that. Yeah, I think I'd be cool with that. Uh, unless you say there's more. I mean, he should be a plumber, by the way. Like he <laughs> yeah, should. Just, yeah, he, yeah, definitely. He could do it seven days a week <laughs> and get paid probably about sixty grand. You yeah, know? yeah, it's true. My favorite place is somebody's house or apartment that I haven't been before. The game starts when I see the homeowner and I make the prediction of how much hair she has in her drain. And how much hair do you have in your drain? The game. The game. <laughs> this this guy's an axe murderer. By the way, he would hate meeting me. He'd be like, there's no dice. That's my problem. Hey, here's a good thing. Uh, Full full price for a haircut, which is total bullshit. That me and Jeff would walk into the same barber, no, I and I have to pay twenty five bucks. I agree. I got nothing. People, I'm I'm in another barber chair in like six minutes. The only thing is, we have a conversation about how much on top am I going to keep? Am I do I want a slight comb over or no comb over? What's the question here? And then I go out and I'm at Floyd's and it's still twenty five bucks. 
do, it's bullshit. Do barbers have to like? Do they have to take a day of barber college where they have to like learn like bedside manner for talking to bald people or people who are losing their hair? Like, it's like, what do you want me to do on top? Like, it's a very sensitive subject. You don't. It is. It yeah. is. It is a sensitive subject. But I, my job as a bald person is just to make it comfortable and get in there first with it. <laughs> like, here you go. Just take it down a bit. Leave me a little bit. Come on. And I was just like, come on. I do a little bit. And I talk like Buck. And I'm like, yeah, let me come on. And I say, yeah, give me a little bit. And then they go, and then they cut it. And then they go, is that okay? And, you go, and so the whole thing is a, the whole time. And I have to find out. Evan hunts through drawers and cabinets until he finds a tool to use to collect the hair. I've used uh, tweezers. I've used toothbrushes. I always throw the toothbrush out to be respectful because that's gross. Yeah, so I got my tools and I'm ready to go after it. Squat down. As time goes on, keep on getting more panicky and start sweating. Once I find the hair, the stress is gone. About three to five seconds later, uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do one more here. Uh, I got some options here. What are we feeling? What's the best? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's really, really disconcerting. <laughs> My name is Heather. I'm 43, mom of two beautiful children. All right, what's her addiction? You've heard her voice. What do you think, Jeff? She sounds really cheery. Like, yeah. I totally let her watch my baby. Nothing that rotten. Nothing like pulling hair out of a drain. That's the fucking worst. That's really despicable. I'm going to say nothing erotic. Nothing like creepy. You don't find her sexual. I don't think her addiction is going to be something weirdly sexual. I think it's going to be something weirdly comforting. Hmm. Right, let's hear it. Jeff? No, 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 Jeff, Jeff. Oh, I heard her say drinking something, so I'm not going to guess. Faint. As it's going down your throat, it feels very nice and warm, almost like a thicker version of warm milk. But obviously, it's got that very strong chemical taste to it, which is perfect to me. <laughs> so Obviously, it's that, not that, So <laughs> Wait, that laugh, real quick. I got to hear that laugh again. Not something that I can do, something that I can milk. But obviously, it's got that very strong chemical taste to it, which is perfect to me. <laughs> Obviously, it's not <laughs> something that I can laugh. do in front of my children. <laughs> my children have seen it on my teeth or on my mouth or smelled it on my breath, but no one, no one knows that I drink that. Paint breath. I feel like it's just like a milky chemical kind of thing, right? Uh, Jeff and I are both very familiar with paint because we're both done art. I've done house painting, and we're both like art paint people. There's a weird smell that paint has. So I, I I hear this and I I'm never like huffed gasoline or drank gasoline, but when I'm filling up, I'm a guy type of guy that is appreciated. <laughs> no, but uh, you know the gasoline smells good, and I can I can see how the smell of a paint would be comparable to like the smell of like gasoline. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's nice after you have your house painted and you walk in. It is kind of a clean, pleasurable smell. Mm-hmm. But do you want that coating the inside of your guts? I don't want to breathe it. It's like chalky and thick 
Ugh. You notice how on these shows, it's always the women that have weird eating fetishes, like the couch eaters, a woman, uh, the, the, the woman who like eats her bed is like a woman. It's like, I'm not generalizing, but it's like weird. The weird comfort eating on the strange shit is usually the realm of the woman and the weird pervert shit, the weird sex shit. Because this guy clearly the hair drain thing was a sexual thing for him. Oh, He's like, oh most definitely, yeah, that was I an awful. To see a woman <laughs> and her hair, and the guy who like had sex with cars. There was a guy who ate plastic bags, though. Okay, maybe it's just the way a guy puts his addiction sounds really sexual, and like a woman is like, oh, it's just like a thing I do. It's like fine or whatever. But a dude's like, I gotta draw the hair out of the drain. I gotta look at that. It car. puts the lotion it. on its skin. <laughs> I brought you here because I want to tell you something. Because okay. it's something that's unusual. I am addicted to drinking paint. Oh, this is she's talking to her friend. What kind of paint do they say? Paint out of paint markers. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh no. Been oh. doing it. Oh, that is disgusting. <laughs> How is that worse than regular paint? Uh, paint markers are the. Uh, that's like the huffing kind of. Yeah, they're alcohol based at least, or maybe they're they're some. There's some of, kind of ethanol based. Yeah. yeah. No, that's like Ooh. the those. Remember those little markers we used to <laughs> huff at kids? Yeah. Those. Yeah. Yeah, those little cracker markers. Yeah, that's those. That's, that's much worse than house paint. Yeah, yeah. It, at first it was kind of cute chalky paint. Now it's seeing. Yeah, thinking of her like with a paint mustache drinking out of a fucking giant can at a Home Depot. It's adorable, but those fucking paint markers, that's despicable. <laughs> Talking to our kids. And imagine, like, your tongue. You're, like, you have all oh. paint within your mouth. Oh. Like. It's black. Well, she, do you think she, like, goes to the art store where she buys the paint markers and looks at, like, the palette wheel and is like, this one matches my mouth the best. I'll buy this one so mm. that it's indistinguishable from my regular gums. What matches my lipstick today? <laughs> no, you're so she, She's accessorizes. You're so far in denial about that that you're not worried about it. You think no one sees it. You have to once, once shit gets that real. For about two, two and a half years. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? So how much are you drinking a day, an hour, um, a week? A marker a day, sometimes more. Really? Mm-hmm. Have you thought of what this is going to do to your children? What you have done to your body? I have. And that's another reason, the main reason, actually. My, ki- my kids are the main reason for doing this. I'm always here, no matter what. I know. Thank you. I'd say, I'd say this. As someone who has kids... Uh, the, the kids don't lead you to stop drinking paint. The kids lead you to drinking paint. <laughs> it's like I told my wife one day, I, was, I said, I always understood murder, and I always understood suicide, but I never understood murder-suicide until I had a child. What a what a thing to say! <laughs> no, what a no, beautiful no, sentence. No, 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 no. You have you have that moment where you go. Everybody needs to go. Like this whole household, the dogs, the tortoises, all of us. We'll, we're going to go together in peace because I can't just take you all out. Everybody needs to go. And with that, 
I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the Far Out Podcast. Jeff, do you have anything else to promote? Uh, I'll re-promote uh, my Instagram, at Bachelor Magic, to see me drawing guys and girls from The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Woo! Oh, we can't forget this. Pleasure, Elliot. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure, Jeff. Please. Pleasure? I didn't know what to say. <laughs> Sorry. Uncle Satch was lullaby. Yes, I see the light. Die Sonne geht schlafen.